I want to ask you for help. Go to the donate page on the website. If you can help, help. If you can't, don't stop coming or attending or uh, listening to these teachings if they're helpful to you. Just do what you can. No requirement. So no selfies. This is uh, what's this is the title is, you know, it works a little bit, but it gets kind of gets your attention somewhat. We all know what a selfie is unless you're still using stupid phones instead of smartphones. While we're on that topic, before I even go into the no selfie, do not use smartphones to time your meditation with. If you want to use them as a clock or as a communication device, do that. Or to watch TikTok or stuff. Be, be very careful. This is As this is extending through uh, not only Meta or Facebook, but also through Google, they are getting more and more into your mind stream via your communications. Not trying to create paranoia particularly, but it's getting more and more about controlling, controlling, controlling. So far, we're free, kind of. But are you free in your mind stream? Because if you're totally living in your life stream and you believe what's happening around you and disbelieve other things that are so-called happening around you and you believe your thought patterns, disbelieve your thought patterns, ignore your thought patterns, you're not free. You're in a prison of your own making. Hopes for this, fear of that, to set up. And organizations like Meta, Google, and so on are all about power and control and money and power and control and money. So that doesn't mean we can't use them as a, as a society or communication. By all means, let's do that. I'm in favor of that. I have a, I have a smartphone and I use it a lot. And I occasionally take selfies. I'm not against that either. The selfie I'm talking about is that constant in the four, in the seventh consciousness. There's the first five sense fields. There's the sixth, which is just the, the thought generating consciousness. Thinking, 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 thinking about this, thinking about that. Should I put this over there? No, I better put it over here because of, because of, because of, because of. That's fine. Those are all operating in terms of the, the relative truth of living in this world. I was at the table where you left your wristwatch, those kinds of things, thinking, so important. That's what synchronizes all of the sense fields so that it feels like there is only one person here seeing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking for that matter. But the seventh has been described in the yoga Yogacara tradition as not easy to understand. And I don't claim to understand it, but I, what I do understand of it, I try to use. And one aspect of the seventh consciousness that is sometimes referred to as the Klesha mind, or uh, uh, I might have this wrong, you can correct me if you like, Klesha or Vijnana. It's that area of the consciousness that goes like this, mm, yes, or no, or who cares? Who, that's a conclusion, who cares? That also is a tightening fist. So be aware when I say no selfies, I know you can't stop that necessarily. You can't just go in and stop being self-centered. But you can observe the self-centeredness. You can, you can actually see the way when something happens, the self-referent is just about, it's insanely, um, it's like a knee-jerk. It's like we immediately go to me and how I feel and what I should do and what I shouldn't do. Should I believe that? Should I, should I not believe that? Is that true? Are they talking about me? up to and including that kind of paranoia. So be aware of that with sitting with a sitting practice of meditation, a lot of mind training, your your ability you could use that word to actually be aware of your self centeredness. That's where we start. We don't try to act like we're don't have egos or act like uh, pretend that we're enlightened somehow that we're no longer have any self interest. And that, that could work for a while. You could actually maybe bring that about and convince yourself, maybe convince other people. Perhaps not. 
the awareness of the grasping, the awareness of the rejection, passion, aggression, ignorance, just the awareness of that without meddling or fooling with it too much. It might take a little bit of uh, uh, relaxation in your mind stream to actually allow yourself to have negative thoughts without doing anything with them. Positive thoughts without doing anything, no cranking them up, trying to get more. Keep it very simple, just receive. Just whatever's showing up in the mind stream, just receive. It may, for a long time, may feel like they're your thoughts, like you actually are thinking. That's a big misunderstanding, and not only big, it's the understanding that there is a separate being called you because there's a body here. Because you have hands and arms, legs, face, tongue, body, mind, so on. All of that gets together. The five skandhas form, feeling, perception, conceptual mind, production, production of thoughts. And the six sense fields coming back together creates an incredible illusion. Very convincing. But look at the back of your hand. Where did that come from? Some of you are actually doing that. Not a bad idea. Feels kind of silly. Silly. Look at the palm of your hand. One of the teachings, a traditional teaching, because the ones who understood this are trying their best to say that what you're looking for is right in front of you. It may be covered up with all kinds of crap, but what you're looking for is there. It's there. You don't have to look around corners. You don't have to move to uh, Brazil or anywhere. You don't have to go to some other place to find this, to understand this. Find it right in your house, right in your own body, mind. But you might need someone to tell you that or suggest that or recommend that. So what we look at is how much we cover up what is there with selfies. Self-reference, that's one of the four. Self-love, self-reference, uh, self-pride of self, and the one I never can remember, which one's that? Self-love? Might be. Huh? Delusion of self, maybe? No, it could be. So pride of self or self, everything is about you or everything is about me. Anytime anything happens, I notice that I'm thinking about how that affects me or includes me or doesn't include me or oh, I, I think about that. This is not ceased over here. I'm not claiming anything. I can't because nothing fundamentally has occurred. Difficult to make a statement like that with where you're endeavoring to point at what what this is about and realize that to say that might lead to further confusion because the idea in uh, studying meditation is to become less warlike to become more calm to be uh, align ourselves more with the truth of the, the buddha's dharma if you're studying that which you probably are but what I am endeavoring to help you with is to see that, see that if you look for results, if you're looking for something to change or be different, then this is not the path of the Dharma. This is not the Buddha's teaching as I understand it. So being aware of the self-centeredness, be aware of the grasping, being aware of your own self-deception, don't have to get rid of that. Because if you do try to get rid of that relatively, find some way to move that off to, si off to the side, get it, get it to get off the stage, it's still there. It's still functioning because you're not, you have not dealt with it directly as what it is. And what is it? Unreal. So if you see that it's unreal, then you don't care if the ego's there or not. You don't care if the ego's sitting right in, in your lap all the time. You see that it's unreal. The same time you see that it's unreal, that some dynamic, some aspect of your consciousness may still be attached to that. Be concerned with that. Be worried about what people are thinking about you, what you're doing. That may never go away. The worry about that may never go away. 
But the belief in a solid self, the belief that there is someone real that's me that is somehow threatened or can advance or get or get somewhere, that can come apart, may come apart, may come apart if you look at the way it, it is constructed. You have to look at the construction, at the imaginary. You have to watch it assemble itself, assemble its little armies, its little skirmishes with otherness. You have to watch that. You can't interfere. We could, but if you interfere too soon, then you get wrapped up in the circularity, and then you're, we're right back to spiritual materialism, trying to get somewhere, trying to use spiritual techniques to advance. There is no movement. There's no advancement. No selfies. And again, as I've already said, when I say that, maybe that just keeps happening anyway. But by saying that, puts a little tension on that. And you may, in your life, in your post-meditation tomorrow, or in your actual sitting practice, Shikantaza, may notice that a lot of the thoughts that arise are, what's this common way to say it, self-centered? They're about me, what I'm doing, what I like, who I love, who I don't love. How much attention I'm getting? Am I being appreciated? This happens to me constantly. Do people really appreciate what a great teacher I am? Well, tell me. <laughs> it's not that that kind of thought does not arrive. I am endeavoring to help you here, my friends and my enemies and my neutrals. I'm saying whatever arises in your mind stream cannot find a self. It cannot find someone who believes this. That doesn't mean that shit won't keep happening. But it's unreal. It's vividly unreal and emptiness, yet there is still form. So when that self-centeredness does happen, the selfie that we're trying to click on or get, it's unreal. So you don't have to get rid of that. When Trunk Rinpoche said, make friends with yourself, that's what he meant. That's what he's referring to, as far as I understand. The negativity that arises, don't push it away. Don't stomp on it. Don't refuse it. Just receive it. It's just an illusion. If you're, if you're at war with yourself, no matter how outrageous some of the thoughts and emotions may come up, if you're at war with that, then you can't really be, you can't really meet anyone where they're at and fundamentally help others because you'll be at war with them on some level. Blaming them, possibly. A question from Liam and Marquette. How might the paying homage to Buddhas and Bodhisattvas help one along the path? Bowing. So those are the, the, the archetypes of this particular path, which are, are, uh, are you could say they're devices or they're, they're, they are uh, it's a, like an ancient technology for how to work with a mind. How are we going to work with this crazy mind? How's that going for you so far, Leon? Everything is fundamentally unreal, but it's still there. So let's use that form. Let's let's understand. Let's listen to what the Buddhas say, what the Bodhisattvas say. What is being said there down through the centuries? You could say, well, uh, I don't know if Avalokiteshvara was really there. It's not like somebody invented. It doesn't matter. Everything's invented. You don't have to necessarily have to snoop around and find the true truth, the really true truth. So we use those archetypes. And this is an empty teaching. It is empty of results. It is empty of conclusion. It is empty, empty, empty of the relative dynamic. It's not that there is no some of that happening. But the actual path is, from the point of view of ego, is oblivion. But from the point of view of realization, it is uh, freedom. Fundamental, ultimate, complete, total freedom, because there's nothing there. Lots of ways of talking about it. So coming back to your question, we, we prostrate, we offer to Avalokiteshvara, uh, Chenrezig, we, we offer and make a gesture towards this ultimate human figure, this is what deity yoga is about. It's about a way of, of locating your wisdom mind, which is there, but it has no form. So we give it a form so that we can address that. 
and just knowing that it's unreal, that it's, it's that something is made up is important, but you're going to do it anyway. Otherwise, the rotation goes right down the spiral, goes down, right down into all through the six realms and further, more than likely. You ever heard of Vajra Naraka? Kind of a threatening uh, form of hell. And I'm not saying anybody's condemned to anything, but it can be just miserable and constantly repetitious if we don't somehow find a way to intend to see the truth. And one of the ways to see the truth is have an image right here of a carved Buddha, carved probably in China, well, definitely in China, probably a couple hundred years ago. Here it is. We need that? No, we don't need it. It's a piece of wood in the shape of a human being that understood something. And what did he understand? That everything is dependently risen, nothing comes from its own side as an individual self, including you guys or me guys. And also that everything is in a state of dissatisfaction and suffering. And that everything that it shows up is impermanent. And everything it shows up is without a central authority in it called a self. There's no self, there's no solid being there. It feels like there's always one of those four operating. There's always a sense of self. Mm -hmm. How can we see that clearly if there isn't really anything to contrast that clearly? You just said it. Just continue to look at it. You've said it. You've said it seems like those are always there. We're always seeing those. That's how it's done. And then to go back to the the bodhisattvas and the buddhas find a form we have forms here we have forms every morning you've been doing them for years it might seem like a long time to you but it's not a long it's not a long time when you uh when you look at how long this consciousness has been we can't even measure because it has no locality it has no time span the consciousness that you think is you it's been here forever when i say it has been here i'm just saying i'm not talking about lo- talking about location, nor am I talking about a section of time. That's, that's the kind of forever we're talking about. And you can discover that, you can uncover that. It's right here. It's like the ancient teaching, it's the Buddha in the palm of your, your hand. It's just what that means. It's look at the palm of your hand. This is, this is receiving, receive this. Buddha in the palm of your hand. It's, it's not a historical guy, some, it's, but it's it's just the energy and the and the the understanding, the awakening of to what this actually is, who you actually are. Just continue, 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 intend, prostrate. We talked about that. Prostration is going to feel pretty meaningless. It might even feel like something is really meaningful and something necessary to do. Do more of them until it starts to open up, because eventually it will. More? Other questions? To show you scratching yourself there, or were you okay? Okay, that's not it. Not a question. To show us scratching his chin. Were you scratching your chin? No. Give me a question. You're going to retreat for two weeks, right? Won't you get lonely in there? Why do you want to do such a thing? Don't know. Sounds like a good reason to do that. Go ahead. When you say what we're looking for, we're looking at, yes. does what we're looking for have to be aligned with something for that to be true? No, everything is a cover-up. Of sorts. I mean, everyone is different. So someone who has no path and no, no, nothing at all, or just living day to day. Is that how you work? No, just day to day. 
has no path at all, then the cir circles will look more like a straight line. They're going here, they go to college, they get a degree, they get married, they have a family, they plan for retirement. They, it's a straight line from here to uh, death, which is never really going to come for them. It's not really people just write that off, say, well, hey, we all have to die someday, you know, I'm, I'm good. We just keep going into from one relative goal. It can be anything from the goal uh, to get a good job, to get a good retirement, to um, have have a family, and to be have a good relationship with your ch children. And some people live in a, in a in a kind of a god realm, where they believe so much in the what's happening in their life that they ignore the ultimate nature of their of what this is. Yes, sir. When you say no selfies, and, and then you say you know that we can't help but do that, if relatively it looks like we have a bit of say so to not do that, should we practice no selfies? We probably should say so and do that, but it needs to be without some kind of macho pressure or or evaluation. Do the best you can. Have an intention there. Do it with the intention, and then the part of the awareness is noticing that. Uh, you still keep going to some kind of self-reference on things. It's awareness that's important, not the accomplishment. So you need to be aware of that. It, because, it, because it may need to get even worse because of you, the particular nature of your causes and conditions or your, what you could say, your uh, karmic dynamic of being a human being in the first place, of, of actually having the kind of karma that brought you onto this path, which we call good, pretty good karma, or well-favored, free to come here, and well-favored enough to see that this might be a good thing to do with your life. That's well-favored. People come here and look at this, and they may, they may continue, but they may not become a monk. They don't have to become a monk. No requirement, go ahead. Uh, the example that's coming up for me is I notice when I'm going on a long drive, I'll just occasionally look at myself in the mirror. Should, would a practice be just not looking at myself in the mirror while I drive? No. It's always about awareness. You're already wearing a robe, so you've, you've made the, there's the first mistake <laughs> as a monk. So that, you're, you're already noticing how you're, what your self-centeredness is like and that you're probably going to need some help with that. That's why I'm doing this, because I knew I could not do this by myself. I even ignored my second teacher. I actually ignored him, and he was right in front of me. And it's because of my own pride that I did that. I'm so full of myself. I'm still full of myself. It's just that that self is, doesn't have uh, the stability it once had as a being. Go ahead. What, what is the practice of no selfies? Just to, oh, being aware that you're doing a self-referent. Could be any time that you're you're reflecting. You're adding on some kind of a commentary onto whatever is happening to you. It's just showing up in the room you're in, or showing up in your mind stream. Going back to yourself, evaluating yourself, judging yourself. That's a selfie. You're, you're, you're taking little snapshots of yourself as doing pretty good. Little snapshots shots of yourself as not doing so good because of this, because of that, because I said this, I shouldn't have said that. All of those. Stop it. You probably won't be able to, but by saying stop it, that brings your mind into that area, the degree to which you're pushing and pulling and shutting down through self-reference. It's, it's very subtle. It's like self, a pride of self is extremely subtle because it just seems like correct. You are a person who knows stuff and, and people should listen to you or you pretty much know more than most people. Like, but being a Buddhist, I'm a Buddhist, so therefore I understand the nature of reality better than the people who don't practice Buddhism. Position. If it looks like we're able to put some tension on it and not do the selfies, is that, are we probably ignoring that we're still doing that? No, not necessarily. That's when it, it becomes your practice. 
not necessarily, there might be a way to put some tension on that without it turning into some kind of cover-up or your pride or your self-centeredness or your narcissism. But, there's no, there's not going to be a standard for it so that you can say, oh, now I know how to do it. I got it. Just when this happens, then do that. If that happens, do this. It's not that there aren't all kinds of practices that are set up that way because everybody's functioning in a, in a different way with these teachings, just like Atisha's seven points of mind training and those 59 slogans. Some of them are very, very, you know, do this, this happens, do that. And sometimes we need that. Some people need that. You look at those slogans, it's almost like they're written by half a dozen different people rather than just one person because the quality of it shows up in different such um, so many different ways. Mm -hmm. Sir. If we're criticizing others or complimenting others, is that still a way of being self-centered? Well, the way in which you bring up the question is telling me that you, there's some, some um, a frequency or something that's happening in that area for you. It may be for you. I, I wouldn't say that I could just make a statement that it was. Perhaps complimenting others because uh, makes you feel good. Uh, and, and if other people are, are grateful for your compliment, oh, thanks. Most people don't notice that, but thank you for saying that. Complimenting something for how helpful they are. <coughs> A very interesting area and the, the way we would work with that or i would say is just look at the intention when you're when you're going to compliment somebody look at your intention what what are you what's in that for you is there some is there a you there that's trying to get something out of that be the person who's complimentary be the nice easygoing person who's complimentary and when you criticize if you're saying it right to that person what's the intention there and you being the eno right now are you still the eno well i can't say that how did you graduate from Enohood? You went into retreat, that's how you did it. No, so if you have a function here in the monastery, then there may, may be times where you might have to be critical of somebody, come up to somebody and say, don't, when you, when you do this or this, then you don't do the form in this way, do it in this way. So you might have to do that occasionally which is somewhat critical, but if someone's in the monastery, especially if they live here, they've already, they've already agreed to, to live under these forms to fundamentally help people train their minds. Is that the kind of thing, or are you thinking about something else? Yeah, I'm also curious about if criticism doesn't go outward, just mental chatter about criticizing what other people are doing. Or just aware. Somewhere, don't shut it down because that, that's how you're going to train your mind is you're no longer going to fight with anything, especially your own stupid, crazy mind. You know, it might here I go again thinking that. You just stop being so critical of her or him. So, no, just be aware of the criticism, but don't necessarily, as I sometimes say, hook up the vocal cords or your musculature and don't, don't do anything. Don't let it go beyond the first reception of it. That first reception is what? Chatter. Isaac Bowen, how is an overly active imagination a selfie, Bowen? It, it may not be. Uh, if, if it only becomes a selfie if there's some kind of grasping at it or trying to stop it, or trying to enhance it or va validate it or verify it. I have a right to think this situation or this is very creative of me. I should be able to do this. Self-validation of some kind. It could be uh, involved in that. But just observing, if you li really listen to these teachings, if you're just going to observe, then I teach this a little bit differently than, than some people do. And te I teach it differently than I was taught because I eventually had to look at what was in front of me and not what I thought was in front of me. So therefore, I say, if you're sitting still and you're sitting in a symmetrical posture without being rigid and your imagination is going wild with all kinds of fantasies and daydreams about anything, just observe. 
just observe. There's nothing to fix. But there's a hell of a lot to see. And some people might sit down and not have much happen. That's also completely valid. Everyone's karma, everyone's wiring, I like to use that image, is, is different. And that's why one, you can't do it with a standard. It has to be done with your particular karma arising so that you can realize your true nature. And if, if there's a true teacher uh, near you, then that true teacher will not interfere with your karma and get you to mind them or obey them, or for that matter, worship them or prostrate to them at all. You may need to do that, but that's up to you. That's up to you. I'll say that one more time. That's up to you. More, Isaac? Isaac Bowing, so it seems I'm kind of overall rejecting that imagination. So just observe the rejection. Yes. Yeah, good one. Because the the imagination is coming up and then the rejection part is dependent arisen might feel like you're doing it, but you aren't. So just observe, every, keep back up a quarter of an inch from everything if you can. Use that image so that you can actually see with some kind of, it's not exactly objectivity, but with a quality of just receiving, welcoming what shows up in the mind stream so that you can see fundamentally what it is. That way you, that way the path opens up for you. What is the path? the path of the Dharma. Isaac Bowing, I don't, I can't really find a location on the, on the rejection, even though I see that I'm rejecting it is yeah. after, after I see, after I break through the imag imagination is the rejection right after that. Bowing? Uh, not finding location is the location. So, in other words, looking for something else, whatever shows up, it's like for you, the way you just described it is not finding uh, a location. That's the location. That's, that is closer to the ultimate nature of what is arising than some kind of location in the mind stream or in your thinking process or at the beginning of your thought patterns, the ending or the middle. So that's finding it. That's why it's necessary to have a, a teacher so that that teacher can listen to you and respond to you in a way that won't cause you to go in further circles. It also may not clarify things for you because the clarity is about you, about your mind. You need to do it. You need to see this. And if you continue, you will. Was it? Um, you said it's not about obeying or don't do what you're told what you're told is don't do what you're told yes, I see that. um if the teacher or the forms or the sangha seem to be asking for something we feel like we can't do how do we work with that are they asking for that um, not right now. seems like a good time to ask when it's not yeah. <laughs> well I, I would say just look at it it's it's probably you know, the ego mind has a, has a lot of spinoffs that look like the truth. And it's, it's and some of them are so incredibly powerful that, you know, people take their lives because of those things. And, and people hurt other people because of the spinoff of ego that it comes up with a big, huge jellyfish of suffering and pain that is caused by that. And then suddenly we, we find ourselves doing harm to ourselves or to others because we believe those feelings and those thoughts and they're unreal they're intense they seem solid and they're it is an incredible illusion just keep going just keep practicing this particular situation you're in being living in a monastery or near a monastery you're few blocks away you practice here every day just continue to do that don't go anywhere else. Stay here. Continue to practice. Continue, continue, continue. Intend, intend, intend. Well, you notice that doesn't last. You know, I said, well, this is a good time because it's not happening. Well, that tells you a little bit right there that when it is happening, it seems so incredibly real and solid. And then you notice that the day later, two days later, that 
that was really intense. And now it's not here. And then three days later on, then something, this happens, that happens, or this moves and that moves, and you're back into a very similar kind of intense kind of anger at the Sangha or anger at the teacher, or just anger at yourself or, or not being able to align yourself with what's happening here. Sound familiar? Did I miss it? I'm not sure what it is. I just afraid to say no. Afraid to say no to who? Did I tell you to do something that, that what have I told you to do that you can't say no to? Nothing. It was just when you said it's not about obeying, it just showed up that way. Oh, that's now. People teach this differently. I just, I don't teach anything like either one of my teachers. Well, I don't, I wouldn't even know how to do that. I teach out of what I'm looking at 24-7. I'm always looking at it. I don't know anything. All the knowledge I thought I was collecting is just all gone to hell. Or wherever, I know wherever it went, but if I say something, it sounds like I'm knowledgeable or erudite or something like that. No, that's not true. So don't do what you're told. But don't let me catch you disobeying me. <laughs> 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 no, I mean that. Don't I, I mean that. Don't do what you're told. Really, if someone tells you something, you can consider what they've said. But don't do it just because the teacher said that to you. And I, if you haven't noticed, I rarely say, "We set up this form, and this is the form. You want to live here, then you're going to do a lot of things that the form tells you to do." And I'm part of setting this up along with other people here, but I'm not particularly giving direct orders to anybody. Other than train your mind, and here's how you can do it. Well, yeah, and I see Eric out there still safely ensconced in his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Those days are fast coming to an end. <laughs> yeah, probably you guys know, I should say not probably, but probably I miss that middle vowel or not. Is it a count? It's not a vowel. It's a, yeah, it's a vowel, isn't it? You know, someone from Australia has to tell me that. That's because we talk correct down there. I thought you were from England. Both. You're there from both. That's why you have such a split personality. Yeah, now I'm here, so I'm totally yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. Anyway, Eric will be here tomorrow evening, is it? No, Friday evening. Yes, that's right. Okay. Well, we've, we've got your cell all cleaned up for you. <laughs> <laughs> any further questions from anybody out there? Kozan, do you have any questions? Come on. Brian Bowie. Hi, Brian. Kozan, go ahead. Go ahead, Gozan. He's he's inviting you to step into it. Go ahead. Gozan Bai, um, earlier you talked about uh, using the teachings of Atisha points of mind. Yes. Um, and there's one that you refer to sometimes. It says, change your attitude and relax as it is. Yes. I and do. we're uh, observing choicelessness. So how would you even on a, as a crutch, change your attitude on purpose yeah that is that's a very good question and that because that is so definite will change your attitude and relax that it is as it is and people might say good luck i can't do that so i have seen people and that's worked a little bit for me in past times and not not extremely well but a little bit but some people it seems to be a very good uh way to work with the mind and i think sometimes it's if a person's mind is, is wobbles a lot, in other words, if they're, my fixation is extremely, it's like a clenched fist, you know, you, you change my attitude. Yeah. Give it a shot. See if you can change my attitude. So I, I'm just saying I am insofar as there's a personal self, 
That personal self shows up. Sometimes it tightens right up. It comes and goes. It's unreal. I know it's unreal all the time. But sometimes it just gets really strong. Not very often these days. It still happens. Not much. But, um, uh, Unyo, do you mind if I mention you? So Unyo is somebody who is uh, a lot more, uh, she's more of a pushover than I am. And so her, I'm just saying she vas, excuse me, vacillates her is more, uh, the words that were mutable, more movable. So if she gets locked down on something, sometimes that slogan, not all the time, there's no guarantee. Sometimes that slogan just blows the whole thing apart. And something where she'd been, her emotions had been tight as a fist for maybe hours, maybe a whole day, some, the whole thing just falls apart. And there, as I recall you say, saying, I paraphrase you a little bit, there's no, really no residue. Isn't that true? Would you want to say anything about that or not? I, I don't know how that works. I don't either, but sometimes, sometimes you, it sometimes it doesn't. So take all those slogans and some of those are so incredibly, um, almost mechanically abstract and conceptual that, that like, uh, the, 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 what is this? Maybe you remember that. That ver that one uh, the slogan about uh, um, supreme shunyata protection, the four the the, um, uh, the four kayas, uh, you know, and it's such a conceptual. It has some has some import to it when you contemplate it, but it's it's like it's really conceptual. Whereas then there's a lot of other ones in there in the 59 slogans that are that are more fluid, like remain a child or of illusion, one of the, those, and that, that's something that has, you, you, if you can use that, you can just reflect that, and, and all you're really saying to yourself is, this is unreal, it's, it's, uh, it's here, it's solid, you know, you can tap on it, you can push on it, but it's, but to actually realize this is actually a dream, that we, we totally abandon this world, and our, sometimes even our name, and our identity, and everything, when we go to sleep, and we enter another world that is full of all kinds of activity that if you remember your dreams at all, uh, you'll see what a contrast it is. And if you're not remembering your dreams at all, I highly recommend you start recording them. So if you can do that for a year or two, then you'll start remembering dreams. You won't have to continue to write them down. Every, every, keep a dream book every morning, get up and write down the date and say, either no dreams or I can't remember the dreams. If you do that, eventually that will break through and you'll start writing dreams down, as far as I can see, as far as my own experience and others that I've worked with doing that. Further, Kozan? Kozan, um, bowing. That one came up to mind earlier today because Sally was talking about astrology and I'm. Um, a Leo sun and a Taurus moon. And she said, oh, those are both fixed signs. I don't know if that means stubbornness. I don't know if, uh, I don't know much about astrology, but if you find yourself stuck on something, you know, when you see the ridiculousness of it, is there um, a way to kind of boom, knock that out of the... Uh, I've never heard of that sound, poop, but you know, I don't know, I just might not have been around. I don't know. What do you think, Taco Do? Oh, it wasn't listening. <laughs> uh, I think the the fixed part is is just about observing it. The people who are are blessed with fixation are extremely dependable. People who are cursed with fixation are extremely dependable. And it's dependable that they will not only do what they say they're going to do, but they'll also, it's very dependable that they will hold on to anything they grasp onto. They're probably going to hold on to that. I, I, uh, not going to go into astrology here, but I also have a lot of fixity. Whereas uh, someone like Uno is very mutable, changeable, fluctuating, just different styles. You could also go into the Buddha families, which, which, uh, which explain a little bit the way people function differently relative to their karma, relative to uh, causes and conditions. 
Not something you can you need to believe in. It's just something that has to do with cycles. Very interesting area. Even though Carl Sagan poo-pooed the whole thing. But if you notice, he poo-pooed it without investigating it, which is not a very good for a scientist to do that. It's just to look at it and say, well, that's just a bunch of, that's a circle of animals. I'm not going to do that. So he never bothered to look at it. He missed quite a bit by not doing that. Further question, as long as it's not about astrology. Yes. Question from Adriana. Yes. What is the feeling of nameless or unidentified sadness I sometimes feel? Mm -hmm. So to uh, go directly to that, I would say the first noble, first noble truth is life is suffering. And so and that form of suffering is not something you want to cover up with some kind of a name or an explanation. Just receive that sadness. Trunk Burn referred to that as the heart of genuine sadness. So he wasn't necessarily saying it's okay to be sad or he wasn't, wasn't getting philosophical about it, but just that's, that's a, that is the leading edge of, of suffering, sadness. Samsara so, is very difficult. And a lot of the sadness that is here is uh, you don't really want to know what it is because it will be overwhelming. It would knock you off your feet knock you right down the mountainside because it's the, the suffering is that intense just add up the, the the suffering of 15 people you know and they're suffering so you have one big bunch of that suffering all at once well this this heart of genuine sadness protects you protects you from the ultimate sadness as long as there's a self as long as there's an ego here you're not ready to handle that kind of sadness yet so you just receive that you're practicing you're, you're you're actually practicing seeing what the buddha was talking about the buddha looked at this and taught further questions yes a question from joe in grand rapids okay. if we can't trust our phones as a timer how or why should we trust health officials who we find out we're wrong, and government officials who lie. Well, I wouldn't trust anybody. Because of the immediacy of uh, social media and everything, it doesn't have time to go through any kind of a truth strainer. Not that I, that always worked. But now, immediately, somebody can go right online. I can do it. You can do it. Anybody can go on and just lie. And it's, as long as you're using some of the, the memes that are out there, as long as you're using some of that material, People will pick it up because they're they're totally about uh, not looking at their mind. They'd rather look at this world out here. And as uh, as uh, Dogen Zenji said in the 13th century, go out towards the world. This is delusion. Go back toward uh, when things come towards you, rather than you go out towards them. When everything is just received, 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 then this is awakening. But these people are going out towards and spreading things and saying things and with no basis. Even the person who uh, we just, uh, Chazon just got a long dithyram uh, from, via uh, an email from a former, a person wasn't a student here particularly, but was having difficulty and came here quite a bit and practiced with us. And he got some heavy criticism from this person about the way we were studying and the way we were just, the former student of uh, um, so it's just people want to fight they want to blame they have difficulty how do you cover up fear blame somebody for it how do you any emotion you have you should receive that emotion receive it if you leave what how you feel for somebody who caused something even if they did look at you cross-eyed or take uh, exception to what you said or or, some, or ignore you or do anything and you and it triggers emotion in you that you're you, that you've been successful at ignoring and you're just doing just fine and they come along and do this and suddenly you're mad at them mad and you valid you self-validate it self-validate it selfie after selfie after selfie of me and how i'm valid i'm justified in doing this 
Have you noticed? You got a few nods, a few people nodding off. So people tend to cover up their fear, their suffering with various forms of aggression or passion, blaming, explaining, evaluating, judging, or ignorance, just distracting oneself from a situation or just disconnecting from somebody who triggers you too much instead of seeing that as a teaching. I'm going to deliberately trigger you if you get close to me. So keep your distance. I notice you're all doing that. <laughs> There's still only a dozen people live here. Is there a, yes, there is. School stream? No, your son Austin has a question. Austin, who invited you? <laughs> I'll, I'll have your brother answer it. What's his question? How do you disrupt this unending cycle? You start by seeing that it's a cycle. You start by just seeing that it's cyclic, it's circularity. You don't have to do anything with it. You don't have to disrupt it. Sometimes it's called cutting through spiritual materialism, but it's not actually a cutting. We might need to use that term so that the person who is in, endeavoring to get some help can relate to that image of cutting, just like the sword of Manjushri. Uh, it's a symbolic sword. It's, it has two sharp blades. One blade cuts through self. There is no self. The other blades cut, blade cuts through other. There is no other. Empty of other, empty of self. This is realization. If, if, this, uh, if this occurs in your understanding, your mind stream experience, however you want to use it, you're no longer at war with anything. You're no longer at peace with anything. You're no longer ignoring anything, at least with any deliberation that is generated by fear or hope for something better, fear of something worse. If I could say it more clearly, I would. Thank you for the question, Austin. Yes. You were just mentioning disconnecting from somebody that triggers you too much. Yes. Are you, it, is there a time to disconnect from somebody that is just warped, seems like warped? Oh, yes, very much so. But just be aware that you that, that have some responsibility of it for yourself rather than just putting it all on that person that triggered it. So it's still there. It's just, you know, you just got the trigger out of the way. So you, whatever they were triggering uh, is, is gone, could have gone dormant for a while until the next situation, person, event, whether generated in the world or in your own mind stream, because they're not really all that separate, starts to trigger that again. So if you can receive it as a teaching, then it will take on its own dynamic that you might not even have to ask me about. You would just see that you, you need to relate to that more because it's choiceless, or you, you need to relate to that less because it's choiceless. If you're doing either or, don't do anything. You're trying to figure out what to do next. It's like, it's, it's not, it's like this, but it's not the same thing, but it's like, uh, you ever been in love? Yeah, choiceless, isn't it? You don't make choice about that. You, it's just the case. You don't make, even though it might, the, all the causes and conditions around it might seem really difficult to work with. You, you just do it, you have to do it. Same thing, it could be the same thing with uh, someone who is uh, triggering you. You know, you, you just have to go another direction. So I'm trying to think of an example. I, I hesitate to give personal examples, but um, when I understood what my, when Trungpa Rinpoche was telling me as a teacher back in 1973, uh, I realized that I was going to have to start, and he didn't say this, it's just my understanding, I was going to have to start receiving my life as it showed up, not go somewhere else to get some better situation. And that was very, very difficult. Because that meant I had to, whatever relationship showed up, that's the relationship I was in. And I never ended any of them. Go ahead. 
buying credit show up as kind of a credential to just be with things that are just warfare, though? It could could be a... Yes, it could show up as a credential. But you could still just observe that. That doesn't mean that you need to make sure that things don't have credentials. That might be an area where it might be a passage that you might need to go through. So less is better. Don't do anything unless you have to. Another word for patience. Another way of working with patients. More? I guess it's just sounding like you're saying no matter how toxic a situation is, you should just be with it and learn what you can from it or something. I, that, I guess that's what I'm hearing. Well, just to some extent, I'm saying that that's kind of a general idea, but if it's really, really uh, like, you know, stepping in acid, if it's that painful, then don't do that. What if it's disrupting your life? Your ability to function. Yeah, probably should probably should bow out of that one. But you can do it respectfully to whether it's your job or your relationship or your even your your parents. Parents tend to do a lot of meddling based on their fear, based on trying to they, they'll try to use you as the reason they're not happy. I'm not saying that's happening with you, but So it's about being very aware of what it is rather than manipulating it. Take a final question before we close. If there is one, if not, we can also just close. Must be a question somewhere between Wulong and Kevin. No? Kevin Bowing. Um... I'm wondering off the cushion for people who maybe feel aspects of their relative personality are not respected or acknowledged by the world in general, that can feel uh, painful, but it can, but it's also another way of like self-center self-centering. How do we work with, uh, respecting how we're showing up relatively without fixating. Again, I'm sure you're not surprised by what I'm going to say. Just watch the fixation. Watch the closing down on things. The fixation will be will feel safer because you're, you're, you're protecting something by closing down on fixation. So just uh, allow that to, allow that to, um, to bleed. I don't mean to use that, that negative kind of image, but allow that to to do what it needs to do rather than rather than covering it up or fixating on it. But if you but if you find yourself fixating, then it's the awareness of of, the, of that choicelessness of that fixating. It's always, as you've heard me say it fifteen hundred times, always about awareness, not about what happens in the awareness. If it's about what happens in the awareness, we're right back to trying to manipulate and control and do the right practice. And find the way, right way to handle this kind of negativity or that kind of negativity. Follow me a little bit, or do I need to go to the next person? Kevin. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I do follow you. I, I'm sure there's no protocol here, but in a made up example, you know, for example, uh, with pr- pronouns, sometimes people would like, uh, p- particular pronouns to be used and yes. uh, uh, the others just might not receive that. Yes. Uh, so would that be kind of like uh, apologize once and then just leave it at that? Bowing? I, my, uh, uh, you know, we are going to be able to treat everybody exactly. Some people are doing everything they can to get a particular kind of treatment, including change change their sexual orientation. I'm not against that. People should do whatever they feel like they need to do. They should live their life. And that may be what that involves. And I would I would be supportive of anyone who's doing that. But to try to get you to try to t- treat them differently. I mean, you're gonna you can call them by whatever name. But when you start getting into manipulating pronouns, I mean, come on. It's just, it's not that there isn't something to that somewhere, 
uh, and I would appreciate, I would respect it, but the demand is what I'm having trouble with. I demand that you call me Roshi. I demand that you call me whatever. You know, I, I demand, I need to, I need the respect for my choices and my whatever it is. Uh, and after I've said that, I would also go into the, it's situational. You know, if you're relating to a person and that seems to you that that's, that's a very sensitive area for them, and it might be more helpful at that time to, rather than set up a standard, to actually be respectful of that and, and try to use that as much as you can. And when they, when you miss it or something like that, as you were kind of saying there, you could, you could just apologize. Whoops, you know, it's hard for me to remember that. And if they continue to keep asserting that, uh, you might look at your connection with them and what it is their intention is or what they're after from you. Because if they're all about trying to get you to align with their idea of themselves and support them, it's just a, it's just a, uh, um, <laughs> I have to use this word, just manipulation of other people so that you don't have to face your own karma. I'm not here to start a fight with anybody, so. I'm just saying that you might want to just look at the motivation, the intention, but for what you're doing and what and what they're doing. And we, have, I don't know. Sometimes we we see right on here that people don't see anybody here that will put on there. Uh, what what are the different ways of? Uh, uh, I don't know. They, they them and that kind of thing like that. I'd say if you want to do that, then that's that's fine to do that. But but when you start demanding other everyone does that with you, then it's getting a little bit suspicious from the point of view of trying to manipulate others, so you don't have to work with your mind stream uh, in the way it shows up in the world. Just a suggestion, <laughs> Kevin Bowing. Yes, sir. And yet, you know without getting into a whole bale of yarn. But don't get into a hole. <laughs> don't get into a hole of yarn. Uh, from the point of view of, or not a point of view, but from dependent origination, someone may well be navigating the kind of ambiguity of these pronouns or what is being heaped upon what the associations heaped upon them by what is conferred in those yeah very much so and you know i myself have felt a little ambivalent about what it means to be a man i mean it's sort of like a joke but no uh if i felt that i needed if from from my point of view, if I if I decided, well, I just don't want to uh, associate particularly with that, and I asked somebody to acknowledge that in my pronouns, and mm -hmm. if they were, this is all very hypothetical. No, not not out of malice or being uh, digging their their feet in, but if if they were unable to do that and it continued to bring up this sort of aversion in, in me, yes. is it something that I would change my attitude and relax as it is? Well, I, I follow you and it could be, and that's why I say, well, I don't set up a standard. I don't, I don't, I'm not setting up any standards if I can help it about that, but I, you still can't help, but see that somebody's trying to get you to function a way that aligns itself in such a way, just using language alone, you know, and uh, this is why we change the name. This is why uh, you're going to receive a Dharma name at some point if you ever get here again. And, uh, and I, I was, I was thinking, I can tell you one of the names I came up with, I thought might be helpful, but then I changed it to something. I was going to call you fragrant persimmon. <laughs> no, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna call you that. I just thought of that a minute ago when you when you started mentioning that you might be sensitive about that. I thought, well, that would be kind of go the opposite direction of the masculine kind of macho stuff. But no, actually, you have a actually. Does it have a pretty masculine name? I can't remember. Have I told anybody what what Kevin Tomley's name is. No, the only person that knows that 
is Jay's on and he's not he's not talking. <laughs> no, so I think it's uh, to just to not to spend much more time on it, but just to say it's so situational that if if you've actually spent some time looking at your own mind stream and what you're dealing with with your life and what it's been like for you and how how difficult other people must have it, you might be able to get off dead center and and respect someone's um, uh, desire to have these uh, personal uh, pronouns and so on function in a certain way. You can do that, but sometimes you might have to be reminded quite a bit because it's not something that, since we not, might not share that kind of dynamic, it might be difficult to go into that. So it's also difficult to, or challenging at least, to have uh, have someone uh, have a complete sex change and then suddenly sh start showing up as the other dynamic, <laughs> to put it politely. And sometimes it takes a uh, takes a little time to do that. I'm all about endeavoring to do that. If someone changes, we've had a few people in our uh, in our sangha uh, do some of that kind of uh, work. Uh, not I'm not against it. I'm not for it. I'm certainly not going to uh, going to ignore it. And if somebody needs to go that direction, it seems like the whole society is going through all kinds of crazy uh, loops and so on. And that's probably one of them that at some point. Won't be crazy at all. It'll just be something that, that, that someone needs to do with their sexual orientation. Okay, the one last person that I have missed, I think Brian Perry, I think you had a question earlier. Do you still have it or would you like to just? No, I think we maybe we should close. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> all right. If I'd known it was that easy, I'd have left it up to you a long time. <laughs> okay, we're going to close. Here we go. Hi, my name is Sokuren, and I'm one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan so freely offers his love to us and his wisdom through these talks and never asks us for anything in return. If you value what he does and what he is and want them to continue, please visit our donate page at sokukoji.org. Thank you.